y'all had a good week so far and um we're gonna take a little time tomorrow and rest and and remember i know it's uh, we tend to forget about what tomorrow is all about we tend to think of it as a a long weekend sometimes we think of it as a the beginning of summer, unofficial beginning of summer, but it's uh, it's it's a lot more than that. It's a time that we are to set aside and and remember the the men and women that sacrificed uh, their lives to protect this country. As uh, Keith opened up this morning, I just uh, we always hear it. It sounds a little cliche sometimes. We say it a lot that freedom isn't free, but when you really think about it, freedom really isn't free. There was no way that we would be where we are. There would be no uh, freedom of religion. There would be no freedom of speech. There would be no freedoms that we have right now in our churches and our nation without the men and women that stood up for us and fought so, and lost their lives doing it. And then, of course, this is Memorial Day, so we're remembering the ones that have fallen. I've tried to remember this, okay? Veterans Day comes up a little bit later. This is the one and we remember the ones that are still alive. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. I'm, I'm a stickler about that. Um, I got two things for you real fast. Uh, when Doc Hartley texts you and says, say this, you say this. Is that right? Okay. So this is what Doc texted me yesterday. <laughs> she said, and you throw a rose in the middle of this and it gets even worse. Said, uh, still need volunteers to help sell tickets at the Highland Games. Uh, money raised towards this. Is it $5,100 they give us? $5,100 that the Highland Games will give the Baptist Association if we can get enough uh, volunteers to sell tickets July 8th through the 11th so anybody they just need a few hours per person just to come in and sell tickets uh, you'll get a, a free t-shirt out of it and then you get to wander around and, and look at all the guys wearing skirts and all that stuff so if there's anybody here that like to do it uh, you need to call Rose Gates I've got her number up here if you want it um, but it would be a great thing I'm going to try to do a Thursday or Friday and go up there it's it's fun. I mean, really, it's it's really neat. Judy, I mean, y'all ain't doing funnel cakes no more, but it was worth it just for that. Just, and, and to see VJ, too. Uh, but if anybody wants to go up there and volunteer, you can call Rose or let me know. And if we need to get a group together to go up there, we can do that, too. But it's it's not too bad. And it's good because the money will go to the, the Scotland church plant that the association is putting together, too. So it's, it's a good thing. And then this Wednesday night, we'll have our – we're going to start cooking or just – provide a meal once a month and it'll be the first Wednesday of the month and that way we can just celebrate the birthdays for the, that month uh, so it'll be this this coming Wednesday will be the second June 2nd and so we'll have a little cookout here and we'll roast some hot dogs and some s'mores out here and um, bring some side dishes I don't know how many birthdays we got in June got one birthday today don't we Paisley Paisley turned 10 today uh, so yeah, Wednesday night we'll be doing a cookout with uh, with everybody. It'll be everybody. Anything else I missed? Nothing. All right. If you got your Bible, turn over to Jude. I don't even have to tell you chapter because it ain't but one. Oh, yeah. Wait. I must have took my baby bottle home. If you need a baby bottle, uh, there's a few right here. We're still filling up baby bottles. Bring them in on Father's Day. That's when the, we'll take them all up. We've already got some brought back in. So that's for the uh, Avery uh, Pregnancy Center. Get you a baby bottle and fill it up, preferably with $100 bills. Is that right, Rita? Dina, do I have a second? <laughs> all right, we'll be over in Jude. Uh, we're going to be in verse 1 through 4 today. And, and we're going to look at, at going to war. Well, yes, tomorrow is Memorial Day, and and we look at and we try to remember the best that we can those that have fallen. I can honestly say, um, and I, I, I've 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 never known a soldier that lost their life in, in war. Um, I've known many soldiers that have come back and they're retired out and then have have passed away a little bit later. My father-in-law is one of them, um, but. I've never known one to go to battle and not make it home. So I, I, in my heart, I cannot imagine what these families have, have felt as their loved one goes to war. Um, and you guys, some of y'all remember during Vietnam, that was the big thing during Vietnam is so many were lost. Some during World War II, uh, Desert Storm, we had several that, that didn't make it home. And then uh, this uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. And we have all these wars that have come up just, just since... 
and just since the early 90s, honestly. But I've never known one that didn't make it home. So I can't, I can't imagine what they go through. But we're also in a battle ourselves as Christians. As the church of Jesus Christ, we, we are having a time on our hands right now with the devil. We are at war with the devil. We are fighting a battle day in, day out. And we sing that, um, what is it, Onward Christian Soldier. We play it every, every Bible school. We play Onward Christian Soldier. And, and we, we, we are that. We are the Christian soldier. And at some point, there are going to be martyrs. There's going to be Christians that are going to be killed for their beliefs. It's going to happen. It may not happen right here in the U.S., but it's going to happen. When these missionaries, uh, when the Lord lays it on their heart to go out, and as we've been going through the book, or going through uh, Paul's journeys on Wednesday nights now, you look at some of the places that Paul went. I don't know how Paul survived the places that he went and all that he went through as a missionary. But he was gone to battle. Everywhere Paul went, he was fighting a war day in and day out. He was having to protect himself day in and day out because of his belief and people that didn't believe like he was believing, just like the Jews and the Gentiles. I mean, they're fighting over, can you eat, can you eat bacon or not? You know, what, what do you, are you supposed to be circumcised or not? And so there's always this battle that we're going into. And Paul, being who Paul is and being the great teacher and leader that Paul is, Paul is, is teaching uh, Timothy a lot as he is going into the mission field and as he's becoming a young preacher. One of the things that Paul tells him that he has to be careful with and that the church has to be cautious about and has to defend itself against is false teachers. It's still going on. We have got to, folks, it's, it's getting worse right now. I know that there was, well, we're going to read some here in a minute, but it was bad back then. I think it's a lot worse right now. Because there are so many different denominations or non-denominations. There's so many different religions and cults and things going on right now. There are so many false teachers slipping in. And you look at some of these bigger churches. We're a little church. We average 35, 40 people on a Sunday. I'm tickled to death with that. And you see these big churches, what we call a mega church nowadays, and they're averaging two, 3,000, and they're doing four or five services a day. There's some bad things going on right there because it is false teaching that's bringing them in. There's some false teachers involved in that, and it's, it's what we call tickling the ears. It's sugarcoating. It's, 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 uh, it's really messing with the, what Carolyn called it out, and she was right about this today in Bible school, or in Sunday school. They're weak. They're weak Christians. And so we have these people that are easily manipulated, and Paul is flat out telling them, be careful, telling the church, telling Timothy, be careful with these false teachers. Stay on guard. Keep your defense up. Wear that whole armor of God that he's talked about in Ephesians. We'll talk about it in a second, too. But listen to what, what Paul is telling Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, teaching itching ears, or having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Paul nailed, nailed it right there. Hit the nail on the head right there. He says there's going to be some false prophets, some false teachers, and there's going to be people coming into these churches that are going to be trying to teach you these false things, these bad things. And there's going to be people that's going to say, yeah, he's right, yeah, he's right, yeah, he's right. And then the church is going to get flipped upside down. He says, you've got to be on your toes. There will be some, some uh, wolves in sheep clothing coming into the churches, and we've got to be cautious. Churches have to be on the lookout for these false teachers on a daily basis. I'm, I'm thankful we don't have to worry about that here. We're not, and you're all, I'm, 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 I'm vigilant. I'm watching. I, I watch these things, but this church ain't going to have to worry about that. We can catch that pretty quick. Some of these other churches can't. They're growing too fast, too soon. Things are going to creep into the church, and, and it's, they're not going to be able to catch it quick enough. And it's going to be the downfall of that church. We have to defend any of the attacks that come to us by the way of the devil. We have to be on guard. That's why we do Bible studies. That's why, we're doing, that's why we do vacation Bible school. We're teaching our children the same thing. We do our Bible studies on Wednesday nights. We do devotionals. And that helps us keep our swords sharp at all times. It keeps us on our toes. We're aware of our surroundings and what's going on. 
here in Jude, these, uh, these false teachers, they come in the form of apostasy. Anybody know what apostasy is? That's not good. Apostasy is someone that's trying to, is trying to turn the church. Apostasy is someone, one of the definitions of apostasy, I don't like this definition, is a former Christian that's turned and now is trying to draw people away from the church. You can't be a former Christian. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. You don't lose your salvation, I don't believe, and there's not been a Christian, a true Christian, saved by God's good grace, that's ever turned away from that. Why would you turn away from that? But someone that that's, uh, comes into the church in the form of apostasy is just someone that's trying to tear the church down. They have a knowledge. Here's the thing about them. They have a knowledge. I'll be honest with you. I've seen a lot of, the, not a lot of this apostasy, but I've seen it where you had a lot of educated people. They went to seminary. They had a doctorate in theology. They're smart people. But they're what Jerry Clower calls an educated idiot. Because they've got it all up here, and none of it's made it to their heart. Yes, they know the Bible backwards and forwards. They can quote you Greek, and they can read Hebrew. And they can tell you all this stuff, but they ain't saved yet. And so you've got to be careful with them people. They can talk a big talk, and they can impress you with their words, and they can use great big words and tickle your ears and make you think they're smart people, but they ain't saved. And you've got to be careful with them people. They will lead you the wrong way. Jude's calling the church to defend the truth of Scripture and defend the way of salvation. Because there's people that's going to come in and tell you that you can get into heaven by works. They're going to come in and they're going to tell you there's all these different options. You can go to option A, B, C, D, whatever. If you want to go to heaven, just pick one. Pick a way. Pick a way anyway. Well, my Bible tells me that there ain't but one way, and it's Jesus. And it says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by him. That's what my Bible tells me. There is no other way to get to heaven. But there are false teachers out there saying you can do this or get there or you can give this amount of money and you can get there or you can do this over here and you can still get there. Paul says be careful and watch out for these. We've got to defend the way of salvation. 2021, we're still defending the way of salvation because of the way that some of these preachers are preaching the these their own gospel out there saying if you just give so much into the church do this you're going to get to heaven we have to defend the only way the right way the only way it's not the right way it's just the only way and that's through the blood of jesus that's the only way we're going to get there but jude's called a battle right now it's 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 not a battle that we're thinking of like war where we're going in and it's hand-to-hand combat Jude's called a battle right now is a spiritual battle. It is a still a spiritual battle. This battle has never ended, and it will continue until uh, Jesus comes back to get us. We're always in a battle, fighting tooth and nail. We know we've won. If you've read the back of the book, you know what happens. We've won it, but we've got to still fight it nowadays. And it's going to get rough. I thought last year, <laughs> it got really bad last year. But Paul said when you go into this spiritual battle, he says you got to put on your armor. Paul tells us over in Ephesians 5, he said you gotta, you got to cinch your belt down. Strap down your shoes a little bit tighter. When you put your air Moses on you, he said strap them down a little tighter. And we put that breastplate on. Make sure you got that thing on tight. And grab that shield and hold it up high. And you grab that sword and you hold it up high. And you pull that helmet down tight so that it don't wiggle. And he said, you go into battle, and you're going to have it all on. He said, God will protect you. But you can't go into this battlefield, this spiritual battlefield, without the whole armor. He didn't say put on the armor of God. He said you got to put on the whole armor. Don't get bits and pieces that make you, you know, let's, I'm not going to wear my, my breastplate, or I'm not going to take that shield today. It's just a little bit heavy. That's not what he said. He said put on the whole thing. You get your helmet, get your breastplate, get your belt. You're going to grab your sword and your shield, and you're going to, uh, uh, strap on your shoes and then you're going to go into battle take the whole thing with you when we go to battle it's important for the soldier to know what they're fighting for there is not a soldier that goes to war that don't know what they're fighting for every soldier has been debriefed or briefed not debriefed debriefed comes afterwards they've all been briefed they've all been briefed Jerry, you don't just raid a house out of, out, just out of the blue. Oh, I'm just going to run in here and take care of this. No, you're brief. There's a reason that you go in to that house. There is a reason that you go into battle. You've got to know that reason. These, these uh, soldiers, 
and not just soldiers going into battle, soldiers going into spiritual battle, and that would be us. We've got to know what we're fighting for, who we're fighting for, who we're fighting with. You've got to know you're not on your own. You're not just winging it. There's a bunch of us in on this thing. But you've got to know what you're going to battle for. You're fighting for something that is right. You're fighting for something that is noble. The Bible says you're fighting for something that is eternal. Salvation. You're fighting, not fighting for it to keep it because you know you're sealed, but you're fighting for those around us as well that don't have it yet. You're fighting so that you can protect them so that they don't get scared into hell. That's what's going to happen. That's what you were talking about this morning, Rita. You've got to be careful. So we're fighting for something that's right and noble and eternal, and we're fighting for something that may involve sacrificing. When these soldiers, when these U.S. soldiers go into battle, they know they may not make it home. They know. It's a battle that they're going to fight, and they're going to go into that battlefield, and they may die on that battlefield. But they know that what they're fighting for is worth dying for. As a Christian soldier, we need to know that what we're fighting for is worth dying for. It was worth dying for, Jesus on that cross. He had to die for us. He had to. And now we get to fight right along beside of him. That's, that's one of the greatest things. He died. He was buried. He was resurrected. And now he is in battle. He's in battle with us. And we're fighting right along beside Jesus this entire time. We're just fighting, fighting side by side with Jesus. Fighting off the devil. If you got your Bibles open to Jude chapter 1, we'll read now finally. If you'll stand with me just a moment. Jude chapter 1. Verse 1, Bible says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, and ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to these condemnations, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God unto lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, this morning as uh, we come to you, uh, God, I can't thank you enough for this weekend. Lord, thank you for uh, allowing us this opportunity to come to your house. But Lord, we just thank you for the men and women that sacrificed their lives so that we can still continue to worship here inside this sanctuary and all the sanctuaries across the U.S. today. Father, we thank you for the men and women that sacrificed. We thank you for their families. Lord, and I pray that today, tomorrow, this weekend, Lord, as, as these families uh, remember their loved ones as they gave they gave all for us lord i pray that these families know that they are not forgotten their loved ones are not forgotten we still support these families and thank you for the sacrifice god and i pray that you would just bless them this weekend and lord tomorrow as there's going to be many services around the u.s taking place to uh, remember these men and women i pray that uh, that it would just be a blessing to those that have lost their loved ones and i pray that that it would just um touch them to know that we still love them and care for them and, and that we do appreciate uh, what was given so that we could be here today. Lord, I pray today as uh, we go into this service that you would just touch our hearts. Uh, Lord, you would uh, make us stronger soldiers. Lord, what we're getting ready to read and what we're going to preach on here in Jude uh, would give us uh, more wisdom and more power, give us more encouragement. It would give us uh, more uh, uh, determination to go into these battles and, and fight just a little bit harder uh, for the church and fight for one another and lord as i said it's just an honor to be able to uh, fight these battles alongside your son jesus and i pray lord uh, that we all remember that as well and god i pray that uh, you just continue to lift up anthony lord it's just uh, touch his body as he heals be with Angie and the, and the girls as well as uh, they're having to make some adjustments adjustments as well and lord i pray that you get him back on his feet quickly and uh, thank you again for uh, your healing hand there lord we love you and we praise you all it's in your son's name we pray Amen. All right, you can have a seat if you want to, or you can stand. I forgot to say this a while ago. I put this up here where I wouldn't forget, and I did. After church, if y'all want to, we got a bunch of these little things. I don't know what you call them. 
They look like carts. Somebody said you lay a spoon in it, but they're all handmade out of Seagrove, North Carolina by my aunt and uncles. Uh, this pottery, it was left over from the wedding last weekend, but there's 43 of them back here in the back. So y'all go get you all you want. Decorate your house. Jude's reminding us right here that the church, that, that they're trained. We're trained. Believe it or not, we are trained and ready for battle. And Jude, or what Jude is, is reminding the church right now is, hey, we've trained for this day. We've trained for this very moment. I think about this at the fire department. I always think about when we go into a car wreck or we go to a house fire or something like that. I always think about this. We have trained for this moment. I think it's the Army. One of their mottos is fight like you train, train like you fight. And that's what we've done. We have, we have trained for this moment. We are ready to go in and go to action. And now Jude is reminding the church, we have trained for this moment. We have trained for these people that are trying to infiltrate the church. We have trained to battle. We are trained to be able to, now remember this part, discern. Discern. We're trained to discern. We're not trained to judge. We're trained to discern. We as Christians should be able to know what's right and what's wrong. The Holy Spirit will guide us, and he's going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. So we will discern these false teachers that are coming in. We can discern these false gospels that are being preached. We can discern that through the Holy Spirit. Not judge them, but discern what they're saying. Now, the key verse right here is, is verse 3. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You've got to contend, you've got to fight. Fight for it. Fight for what you believe. That's what we have got to do. And we, we think we have it easy right now, and actually the church does have it pretty easy right now. But we still have to fight for what we believe in. We have to fight hard. And it, we're not fighting hard enough. I'm not going to get into that, but we're not fighting hard enough for what we believe in. Now, there's four words in these four verses that we're going to look at. We're going to kind of pick it apart this morning. The first word we're going to look at is the word called. C-A-L-L-E-D, called. Verse 1 tells us that. He says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. I like that word called right there. And the Greek word is cletus. <laughs> I just had to throw it in there. I thought y'all might get a kick out of it. Greek word for called is cletus. What does that mean? It means invited. It means appointed. When you're called, that's what I was. I was called to preach, which means God had appointed me to preach. Any man of God that stood behind this pulpit that was called means that he was appointed. God called him to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Catch that, him? Called him to preach that, just so y'all know. To preach. Those who have heard the gospel and have been saved understand that invitation uh, is more than just a call of salvation, though. When he works in our heart, when we get down and ask Jesus into our heart, we're called to do more than just be saved. After salvation... That's where the, the calling starts. That's where the, so much happens to the Christians. We're called into the ministry. We are called into the mission field. We're called into leadership. We're called into teaching. We're called into singing. We're called into it. God uses us as his children, as the soldiers. He uses us in some manner to continue to build up the kingdom. Those who have heard the gospel and been saved understand that. Over in Ephesians 4.1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Walk worthy. Walk upright. Be proud when you're walking, when you're singing, when you stand up and you sing, or you stand behind that podium and you're teaching, or whatever you're doing. Be proud, but be, you ought to feel worthy of that. Most of the time we feel unworthy to do anything for God. We're not worthy enough, we feel like. But he's called us to do that, so you should feel worthy. You should feel honored. It's a call to purpose. Each one of us has a purpose. As a Christian, we have a purpose. We are to make disciples. We are to continue to pray for the, the sick and, and the, the, the hurt. We are to, to help the, those that have uh, loved ones that have passed away. We are to be there. So we have a purpose. 
one of our purposes is to comfort. As Christians, we can comfort one another with Scripture, with prayer, whatever, whatever it might be. It's a call to, to being a bondservant with Jesus. With Jesus. We serve Him. I say a lot, we're His hands and feet. Here on earth, we're His hands and feet. And, and we, are, we, are, we got to get down and get dirty for Him as much as possible. But one of the things that you've got to ask yourself is, who is your master? We might be Jesus' bondservant, but who is your master? Who do you serve? Remember what Matthew said? He said, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Who are you serving? God or man? God or work? God or your spouse? God or school? What is it? Who are you serving? The Bible plainly tells us you've got to pick one. You've got to pick one. If you've been gloriously saved, your master is Jesus and him alone. You cannot serve the two. You cannot serve the two. I know I say this often about when me and Abby went out to, the, to Dulce, New Mexico and, and was doing the revival out there at the Indian Reservation. That was the hardest thing. Even before we got there, the hardest thing for me to comprehend is how can you go into a church and preach Christ crucified and that you can only serve one God, but yet you go in and they're worshiping the sun and the eagles and the deer and all this other things in a Baptist church. Dulce Baptist Church on an Indian reservation. Christ crucified, died for them, resurrected, and then they'll leave that church and they'll go out and they'll, they'll put on their war paint and hoot and holler around the campfire and and worship eagles, or whatever it might be. You can't. It's like, it's like they took this verse completely out of the Bible. You can only serve one God. Over in 2 Timothy 1.9, it says, Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Have you answered that call of the gospel? Have you answered that call that he's put on your heart to do something? I hope you're miserable if you ain't. I hope you leave here and you just absolutely tore up because you ain't answered that call. I promise you, you know when you're called to do something. You just know. You don't sleep much. You're ill and hateful, ain't you? I was. Anyway, that's what they say. You get ill, hateful. You don't sleep. You don't eat much. You, just, you, you know what it is. You just don't want to answer that call. But it's, he's working on you. He's Because he's got a plan for you. He's got a purpose for you. You need to answer that call. Because until you answer that call, somebody is going to miss out. Somebody is going to miss out on a testimony or a blessing. Salvation. Because you didn't answer that call. Second word. I love this word. Sanctified. It's back over in verse 1 again. It said, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother James to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called sanctified. This means within the circle of God's love. Sanctified means you're in there. You're in that, this circle. You're in this family. Uh, God's love here to be sanctified means to be set apart. We're not of the world anymore. We're of God. Now we are sanctified. I love it. Set apart. We ain't like nobody else. We are different. We are a new creation. We're new creatures. And we know we was all made in God's image. But now we're trying to be more Christ-like. Trying to be more like Jesus in all that we do. Trying to live as close to a sinless, perfect life as possible. Now we know we can't do it. We can try but we gotta, we, we're set aside, we're set apart. And it means to be made holy and, and more like Jesus. Everyone is loved by God, but only those who are saved are within that sanctified love. He loves us all. God loves every single one of us. He, there, he's never made a person that he didn't love. From the worst sinner in the world to us, he's loved every single one of us. But once we're saved, once we ask Jesus into our heart, once we get things right with him and have a relationship with Jesus, then we're set apart. 
we're, we're pulled away from the rest of the world, and we're over here with God's people. And we're in that, that family circle of love. Because God loves us, it's, it's pretty fair to say He wants what's best for us. That's what parents do. Parents want what's best for their children. As God the Father, that's what He wants for us. He wants the very best for us. He's going to take care of us. Being God's family and having His love poured out on us, it's an amazing love. To have that agape love poured out on us, you can't ask for any more. You can't ask for any better. Because He wants what's best for us, He's going to pour it all out on us. Are we allowing ourselves to experience that love of God fully, though? Probably not. There's probably some part of us that will not allow all of that love to pour in. There's some worldly things going on in our hearts that we, we won't make enough room for God's love to pour into us. We've got too many sins in our heart, and we don't have room for God's love. We've got too many irons in the fire, and we've got to pull some of them out or all of them out so that we can make room for God's love. Are we letting him love us in such a way that will allow him to make us more like Jesus? If we'll allow him to pour into us, then we will be more like Jesus. We're not going to be like Jesus, be more like him. But we've got to let him pour into us. We're going to have to get that stuff out of our hearts so that he can pour into us. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to you, to you both to will and to do his good pleasure. When you're saved, you're accepting an invitation to be sanctified by his love. What an invitation. And to become more like Jesus. Now, Paul says over in Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Don't miss that blessing. Being sanctified. That's another one of those great perks of being saved. We talk about having a relationship with Jesus. That's great. We talk about having a heavenly home. That's great. We talk about being loved by God. That's great. But being sanctified, being sanctified, we are set apart. We're not like anybody else. We are set apart by God's love. That, I love that. That's a blessing right there. John 4, 34 says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. As we're sanctified by God, we find out our greatest source of strength comes from God's will. When we're inside God's will, we get stronger and stronger. As we're doing what he's asked us to do and we're living the life that he's wanting us to live, we're going to get stronger in our knowledge of Jesus and the Bible, and we're going to get stronger in our faith, and we're going to get stronger in our love towards Him. So if we just stay inside His will, we're going to gain that strength that we need to, to persevere. And number three is another good one, preserved. Preserved, that's at the tail end of verse 1. It says, Jew, the servant of Jesus Christ, and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called... This means to keep safe from injury, to keep safe from harm and, and destruction. Being preserved means that you're being kept. Ain't that what we do? Ain't that what we'll be doing here in the next few months when the gardens start coming up and you start canning? What are you doing? You're preserving those vegetables or those fruits, whatever it is. Whenever you kill that beef or that deer and you wrap it up and you throw it in the freezer, what are you doing? You're preserving it so that you can eat it a little bit later. You're keeping it. I like that being preserved. I like preserves. God keeps an eye on us. He preserves us. He's keeping us. But who's he keeping us for? That's what we've got to remember. He's preserving us for somebody. Who is it for? Jesus. He's keeping us for Jesus. He's preserving us. He's keeping Because what? who's he coming back for? Us. Uh, so when you preserve, when you're canning, and you put your canned goods in wherever you put your canned goods, you go back and get them, don't you? You don't just leave them there. You come back and get them. So whenever you're hungry, you want a can of beans one night. You go down in the cellar and you get your beans and you come back out with it. Well, God is preserving us for his son Jesus because we know what the Bible says. He's going to come back for his church, his bride. That is us. So he's keeping us. 
Over here, John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice and know them, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Everything Jesus endured on that cross on our behalf was so that we, when we're saved, we're saved forever. Why would he have died? Why would he have suffered and died on that cross if we wouldn't be saved forever? That don't make sense, does it? But he suffered and died and was resurrected so that when we are saved, when we put our faith and trust in him, we are saved forever. We don't have to keep coming up every Sunday and getting resaved. We're just, we're saved. And we're saved forever. Do you remember, do you, y'all that have kids, do you remember when your youngins said that they wanted to be like you? Do you ever remember that? Ever, ever, anybody ever had that experience? Abby said last night she was hoping her hair would get thinned out like mine. Ain't that what you said? Oh. You said something along that line. I don't remember what it was. I was picking hair off her shirt, and she said she's losing her hair or something. She was going to be more like me. Ain't that a great feeling? When your child comes up to you and says, I want to be like you. Now, the girls have never said they want to be like me, but when they've said, I want to go fishing, I want to go fish like you, I want to go hunting with you, I want to hunt like you, or even Abby said she wants to join the fire department with me. That's great. That makes you proud, don't it? When, you, when your child comes up to you and says that they want to be like you, and just it just makes you proud. But then you remember, you remember your youngins had the safety blanket, whether it's a pacifier or a toy or a, a literal blanket. Y- y- y'all... Do you still carry yours around? Yeah. Yep. They had that safety. How do you get rid of that safety blanket? You don't. They hold on to it forever. It's They've got a death grip on that thing. They ain't turning loose of it. They love it that much. See where I'm going with this? That's God and us. He loves us so much that he has that grip on us, and he's not going to turn loose. We are like children. We are to be more like Jesus. That should be our heart's desire, is to be more like Jesus. Just like your child saying, I want to be like you, Daddy. I want to be like you, Mommy. That should be our heart's desire as a child of God, is to look up at God and say, I want to be more like Jesus. I want to be more like Him. I want to be more like your Son. I want to love more like Jesus. I want to have more mercy like Jesus. I want to be as graceful as Jesus. That's how we are to be. Be like a child. And then God is going to clamp on to us. And and the Bible told us right there, we just read it, that nothing's going to take us away. Romans 8, 38 and 39, he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life. Let me go into that. Let me just read that. Nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There ain't a thing in heaven or hell or in this world right now that can pull us away from the love of God. As bad as it might seem, as a Christian, and we go through some bad things, we are not losing our salvation. I ain't going to hell because I had a bad thought. All right? He's not going to look down on this earth and he said, man, he's just, he's slipping. Every one of us backslide. He ain't looking down from heaven and said, whew, man, he's backsliding big time. I don't want him in here. And then he lets us go. That ain't how he works. He wouldn't do that to us. He loves us and he's going to keep us forever. And the Bible says that we cannot be plucked out of his hand. Ain't a thing in this world going to be able to pluck us out of his hand. Last one, last word, but it's not actually in here. But I consolidated them all into one word, blessed. Blessed. Verse 2 says, mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Peace, love, mercy. To me, peace plus love 
plus mercy equals blessed. When you add all that up, just think about what he has done for us. Think about that love that he has had towards us. To me, that, that's just blessed. We're blessed by his mercy. We're blessed by his peace. We're blessed by his love. And the Bible says here that it is multiplied. Be multi- mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. That's daily. All right, that's not like once a month or just on Sunday morning or something like that. He's just saying multiplied, and it's on a daily basis. As a believer, we have God's blessings multiplied to us day in and day out. You might not see it every now and then, but he is absolutely blessing us every single day. Every morning you wake up and take a deep breath, he just blessed you. Every morning or every evening you're able to lay your head down and sleep, he's blessed you. Every time that you're able to open your mouth and take a sip of water or nibble on a cracker, grab your pack of nabs and a cheer wine or whatever it is, you're blessed. Every day that you can look at your loved one in the eye and tell them how much you love them, you're blessed. We're blessed people. And it's multiplied day limitations. I love this. Limitations 3 tells us, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. I love that. Are you trained and ready for battle this morning? Are you ready? I hope so, because we're in it right now, and we're in deep right now. We're fighting tooth and nail. That devil's coming at us. He's thinking of everything in the world right now he can throw at us to try to throw us off course. I mean everything right now. And I worry, I pray. I said this last year, I say this about every summer, I worry about our youngins during summer break. I worry about the things that they can get into. I know they hate school. I know they like that break. I like, they like that little time in between the grades. But I worry about what they can get into in that downtime because of, well, we know what happens with idle hands. The devil can just get a hold of them. I worry about that stuff. And so... I think we started Wednesday night. That's one of my prayers on Wednesday night is just to keep praying for our children that God would protect them through the summer. Some of these children don't live in the best homes. They don't have the best parents. And they're going to see things. They're going to witness things that kids ought not witness. So we've got to ask for God to protect them. But we've got to be trained up as Christians, as church, as the church, to use discernment. And we need to be able to see what's going on through that child's eyes. What's going on and be able to help them? This morning, I'll ask that question, are you sanctified? Because I love that word. Are you set apart? Have you been set apart? If you're saved, you're set apart. You're a special somebody. Are you sanctified? There is a battle before us. You're going to leave this church right here in just a few minutes. You're going to walk out this door, and you're going right back on the battlefield. Be prepared. Keep that whole armor on when you go out. You keep that sword held high and get ready to fight and fight hard. Stand up and join that march. Some people are going to tuck and run, tuck and roll. You're going to crawl out of here as low as you can. And you're going to get in your car and you're going to try to avoid confrontation as much as possible. I don't want to have that, that conversation with somebody at the, at the hardware store about Jesus. I don't want to have that conversation down at the grocery store about Jesus. I, don't, I just want to lay low, go do my thing, and get back home. You need to stand. you got to stand. stand. Stand with me. Stand with this church. And go into battle. Don't cower away from it. Don't be, remember I was talking about Alexander last week, Alexander the Great and the, other, the soldier named Alexander. He said, if you ain't going to get to the front of the battle or the front of the battlefield, then change your name because he didn't want his name tarnished. He didn't want the name Alexander to be a name uh, associated with weakness. So when we go into battle, we're going into battle in Jesus' name. Jesus' name is a strong name. 
That name means everything to me. So we're going to go to battle in Jesus' name. We're going to stand tall. We're going to stand bold. We're going to stand on the word of God. We're going to fight and be ready. Be ready for those darts. Be ready for what the devil's going to throw at us. And we're going to, or have Cindy play that honor Christian soldier. When you leave here, that's the, that's the theme song I want you to have in your head when you leave this church. Onward, Christian soldier. We're going to leave this church, and we're going to go onward, and we're going to go into the battlefield, battlefield for Jesus. All right, that's, that's all for this evening. We're going to, we're going to do something real quick uh, in honor. Avon ain't hiding back there with you, is she? Little booger. All right, two out of our three are here today, and we're going to honor them today with... Uh, promotions it's hard to believe it's hard to believe it seems like every Sunday is the first Sunday of the month and it seems like we just done promotions for those that are moving up a grade so this year I tell Maria it seemed kind of weird we didn't have we have no college graduates we have no high school graduates we don't even have any middle school promotions to do we just have three going into high school Sage come on up here you dear where you at you're hiding over there come on up here you're not going anywhere, are you? Okay. Uh, anywhere you want to be. Check them shoes out. It's like a disco ball on her feet. Uh, last year was tough on all of us. We didn't get to see you near, near as much. Um, and just didn't get to see any of our kids. It wasn't just her, but any of our kids. We just didn't get to see you that much. And as the pastor, you feel like you miss a part of their life when you don't get to see them for a whole year. You miss, you miss that one year of school, and you get to miss the things that they're going through, and you don't get to talk to them about boys and things like that. Right? Sage ain't flinching. She's just like Jerry. She didn't flinch at all. But you miss it, and, and they, they grow in more than one way. You know, physically they're growing, but mentally, spiritually, uh, educationally, they're growing, and and I, I just, I love, love these girls' death and love to see where they're going. And very, I'm, I'm very thankful uh, that they're here with us at Chestnut Dale. And just absolutely, uh, I know we're blessed to have them here. And, uh, you know, you can see Jerry and, and Doris get to watch the granddaughter uh, move on into high school. Both these girls are moving into high school. They're going to be ninth graders this year. Um, and so we've got to pray a little harder for them. Things are a whole lot different now from going from middle school into high school and, uh, we got to pray a little harder for them, but I'm very thankful that they're grounded. They're here with us at the church, and, and we're going to uh, we're going to present them with uh, a Bible. Um, Sage, this one is for you. If anything's spelled wrong, it is Maria's fault. And Yadira, figuring out how to spell your last name. Yearbook. S- Cindy had to go through the yearbook, so we got your name spelled right. But I am absolutely tickled to death, and it's an honor to be able to present these young ladies with their Bibles. And, and I, I would encourage y'all, I believe we're at a point now where it's okay to, to uh, come by and, and shake hands if you want to, or give them a hug, give them some encouragement, uh, because they're going to need it. And we've got some young ladies here in the, in the church now that have been in high school or are in high school still, and I guarantee if y'all got any questions, y'all can talk to them if you want to. Just not about boys. I got to look that way for just a second. Jason got it. Yeah. Anybody have anything they'd like to say to these young ladies before we close out and y'all come congratulate them? Nobody? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. But you're right, they had their sixth grade year was the normal year. COVID hit seventh, and then, yeah, y'all are finishing up. Wow. That makes you stronger. I know that. Yep. Hmm. Anybody else?
Uh, we're going to close out in prayer, and then uh, if y'all want to, just swing on around here and, and uh, give them a little little love, and then we'll we'll ease out. Let's pray. Father, this evening as uh, we close out this service, we want to thank you again for the many sacrifices that took place around the world uh, for this great nation that we live in. And I pray, Lord, that we continue to remember that tomorrow and in the days ahead. Father, today as we do close out and as we take a moment this evening just to uh, to honor these these th- three, the two that were here today, uh, for uh, Lord, just for all that they have had to go through and endure over the past, like uh, Andrea said, the past two years especially, Lord, you've made them stronger, and I pray, Lord, that you would just bless their efforts over the past uh, three years in middle school, and Lord, we just ask for a hand of protection to be on them as they they approach the ninth grade now. Uh, it's right in front of them, and I pray, God, that you would just keep their minds clear and their heart in the right place. God, I pray that they keep their, their eyes focused on, on you and what you have in store for them. Because, Lord, we know you've got a great thing going on for them. And, Lord, if as long as they stay inside your will, they're going to see many great things take place in their lives. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless their families as well. Uh, Lord, it's been a tough year on the families, too, uh, with uh, doing things online and, and being limited to all their after-school activities that they're, they love so much. And, Lord, I pray that you just bless their families, too, for uh, their efforts and what they had to go through as well. And, God, I pray that this church would stand behind them as they have in the past and as we will in the future. We're going to stand behind them 100% and support them in anything that they want to get into, Lord, whether it's uh, in, in the education or in sports or whatever it might be, that this church would support them and rally around them and just continue to love on them and pray for them in all that they do. God, I just want to thank you again for these young ladies for their hearts, and pray, Lord, you'd bless them this summer and keep them safe and give them a time to to relax uh, before they go into this next phase in their lives. But thank you again for all that you've done for this church, what you've done for each one of us, and what you're going to do for us. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Y'all come on around here and love on them a little bit and, and go on home.